global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And good morning. I'm John Tucker. Look at some of the stocks on the move in the early going. Genworth Financial climbing the most since 2010. The first quarter profit beat analyst estimates. The chief executive officer, Tom McIntry, uh, working to free up capital, meet debt payments, insurers surging up 21%. Also had uh, earnings this morning from some of the oil majors. And just uh, taking a look uh, right now, ExxonMobil shares, they are up 1.5%. Now, Exxon posted its weakest, uh, weakest quarterly profit in more than a decade. Uh, but the per share result was 15 cents above the 28 cent average estimate of analysts in a Bloomberg survey. First quarter net income falling to 43 cents a share. And, uh, worker pay in the U.S. forecast of the first quarter, uh, actually it rose, uh, as forecast in the first quarter. The six tenths of a percent advance in the employment cost index uh, from the prior three months Followed a half a percent increase in the fourth quarter. That was smaller than previously estimated. Uh, years of employment gains have only led to gradual pay increases. And as we check the market for you every 15 minutes right here uh, during the trading day on Bloomberg, we uh, find the uh, Dow Jones Industrial Average right now down 70 points at 17,759. The S&P 500 down 7 at 2,068. NASDAQ Composite Index is 16 points lower. That's down three-tenths of a percent at 47.88. And that is a Bloomberg Business Flash. David, back to you. John, thank you so much. This is Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by Interactive Brokers Investors Marketplace, an online service where traders, investors, and institutions can meet and collaborate, enhance your trading experience, or expand your business. Visit ibkr.com slash services. And some news this morning out of Quebec, of course, the home province of Valiant Pharmaceuticals here, nominating new board members as the drug maker overhauls its strategy and governance. Joe Papa, the new CEO, goes and takes up that job on Monday morning. Three additions to the board, three additional independent directors here are Jairus Carabellis, Russell Robertson, and Amy Welshler, according to a statement that the company just released. A note here also, neither outgoing chief executive officer Mike Pearson nor former chief financial officer Howard Schiller will stand for re-election to the board. Well, this weekend in Omaha, Nebraska, Berkshire Hathaway has its annual meeting. It is known, of course, as a Woodstock for capitalists. David Cass is a professor at the University of Maryland. He covers Berkshire Hathaway and Warren Buffett like no other in the academy. And he joins us now. He's managed to get a motel room there in Omaha. Very nice to talk to you, Professor Cass. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Talk to us a bit about what you expect to hear this weekend. Of course, the highlight, the main point of the of the event, the weekend-long event, is this five-hour meeting on Saturday. Uh, what do you expect to be discussed? Well, at the meeting, uh, there will be questions asked by shareholders throughout the day, and there will be uh, some questions asked directly by shareholders, some rooted through three reporters up on the stage, and some asked by insurance industry analysts. But among the topics I would expect uh, to be discussed will be questions from shareholders who may be concerned about the economy, what's Warren Buffett's view of the economy, uh, uh, interest rates being so low, what's the outlook for interest rates, possibly what impact the election might have uh, on Berkshire Hathaway and the economy. Uh, and specifically, there may be questions, as there usually are, on succession plan at Berkshire. Uh, Warren Buffett's 85 years old. 
uh, when he is no longer there, who is likely to succeed him? Uh, that question comes up every year, uh, certainly in recent years. That's very likely. And other shareholders generally will ask questions seeking personal advice about their education or their career. Uh, but the questions are, are full gamut, they run a full gamut of topics, both domestic and international issues. Let me put those questions about succession to you. Uh, What's your instinct here? What do you think is going to happen? Do you you expect that we'll hear some names uh, this weekend? I know that he has elevated some folks within the Berkshire organization to, to some higher executive positions. Yes, well, the two names, uh, first of all, to answer your question, no, I don't expect uh, any news to come out, any names to be named. Uh, but the speculation has been that the two leading candidates are A.G. Jane, who runs the Berkshire Halfway reinsurance business, uh, and Greg Abel, who runs the Berkshire Hathaway energy business. A few years ago, Warren Buffett uh, did say that his first choice was A.G. Jane, but A.G. did not want the job. Uh, A.G. is also 64 years old. Uh, A spring Greg chicken Abel. compared to Mr. Buffett and Mr. Munger. Right. That's right. They're just, uh, he's just a youngster. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Charlie Munger's 92, and Warren Buffett 85, and A.G. Kane at 64. Greg Abel is around 54, something in that range. So if Mr. Buffett would like to choose someone who might be there for 20 years as a CEO, being younger, uh, uh, among the candidates would certainly appear to be an advantage. But at the moment, I think his first choice would still be A.G. Jane, but a very close second, Greg Abel. You mentioned uh, uh, the insurance business. You mentioned the energy business. This is a, a company that's gotten uh, more and more into manufacturing. Of course, there was the, the acquisition of Precision Cast Parts and, and Duracell. Uh, is that where this company's been moving? It certainly has. Uh, in fact, uh, Warren Buffett, until recent years, said that he would like to stay away from capital-intensive businesses, but now he's going in the opposite direction. I think he, he always looks for companies with a durable, competitive advantage, or in his words, a company with a moat around it to protect it from competition. And Precision Cast Parts, which he just closed on in January, I think it's about $32 billion acquisition, a Burlington Northern Railroad a few years ago in the same price range. Uh, he is certainly moving in that direction, and it's becoming a major part of Berkshire. Are investors comfortable with that? That's a, that, that is a transition, as you say. Is it something that Berkshire investors have, have gone along with uh, quietly? Yes. I think uh, Berkshire investors have 100% confidence in Warren Buffett's judgment and actions. And actually, to the extent that he is moving in this direction, it makes the company actually much more durable uh, and eases the transition uh, when Warren Buffett is no longer there. You have these companies that are self-run. Uh, when Warren Buffett acquires a company, he keeps management in place. And the fact that now uh, approximately 75% of uh, Berkshire's assets are operating companies, only 25% its common stock portfolio, it's a complete reversal from, say, 20 years ago, uh, adds a certain amount of stability. Uh, to the business going forward uh, when Warren is no longer there. David, I want to ask you about Warren Buffett's uh, influence. I was in Shanghai about a year ago and met with some executives from the Fosun Group, a a big Chinese conglomerate, Uh, and and those executives were totally devoted 
to the investment philosophy espoused by by Warren Buffett. I was thumbing through the not thumbing through, looking at the Omaha Herald online this morning, and there was an article about uh, the number of, of Chinese coming to the to the event this weekend. Two to three thousand, it's estimated to be. We're, we're seeing his influence spread uh, across the Pacific. Yes, uh, we certainly are, although it was a little slow to get there, but it has arrived. Uh, I know this weekend where uh, Berkshire is expecting about 40,000 shareholders altogether, and we uh, Berkshire had uh, that many shareholders a year ago, uh, with 3,000 coming from China. Uh, that would be a large uh, and growing share in the recent years. More and more shareholders from China and other countries in Asia uh, have been coming uh, to the meeting. So there is... Uh, more of an international recognition and respect uh, for Warren Buffett and Berkshire Hathaway. Has the Oracle of Omaha gotten any less oracular? You mentioned people here kind of want to hear him talk about the election, uh, talk about the economy. We hear him talk more frequently now. He he, he uh, isn't as inaccessible as, as as he was in the past. Uh, you know, are, are 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 we still traveling to Omaha to hear from somebody that we you know we we only hear from rarely? Well, we hear a lot more from him in Omaha, and he answers every question. Uh, when he is appearing now more in the media, uh, on TV, uh, more frequently, um, but usually, you know, it could be once in three months, once in six months, or a very brief interview in a, in a short period of time. But at the annual meeting, uh, this is essentially six hours of Q&A from shareholders. There will be over 60 questions asked, and he generally uh, answers every one. He doesn't rule out a question as uh, in general as uh, being out of bounds. So a lot more information is certainly derived by uh, being at the annual meeting. You're there in Omaha. Uh, I imagine you'll stroll through the CenturyLink Center, maybe look at what's uh, on offer there at the shareholder shopping day. Uh, I saw that Seas Candy is is selling Warren's favorite peanut brittle. <laughs> yes. What what are you looking for? As somebody who's been there been there before, what what's exciting about this weekend to you? What are you on the lookout for? Well, today, uh, starting with last year, uh, the shareholder shopping day was initiated on Friday, the day before the meeting. The meeting is tomorrow, Saturday, and uh, the the meeting uh, the shopping area uh, at the CenturyLink Center it will be open between noon and five p.m. today in Omaha. And I'll be going there. Uh, I'm here with some friends. Uh, and I've also brought uh, several students, 10 students from the University of Maryland. I bring them to the annual meeting every year for the last seven, eight years or so. Um, but I uh, personally go through, it's an exhibit area. There are 80-plus Berkshire companies, uh, such as Fruit of the Loom, uh, where if a shareholder would like to buy some discount underwear. There you go. There you go. David, thank you very much. That's David Cass, professor at the University of Maryland, a Berkshire Hathaway watcher. You're listening to the Bloomberg Surveillance on Bloomberg Radio.